Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 2. Y'all, I promise you, I, I've been doing this for 12 years. There are just days where you get distracted and forget to hit the microphone button. <laughs> oh my God, it, it's dad brain today. It is, uh, so I'm dealing, oh my gosh. Uh, I love my children. So, I let me. You know what? Screw it. Let let let's forget the contents of the show. Other than I'll tell you next hour, Tim Tim Scott's going to be with me, the senator from South Carolina. Let, let, I just let let me just talk to you about this for a minute. I my I, oldest. So I have my oldest child is my daughter. My youngest is my son. We just have to. Uh, if we could have had more, we probably would have with my wife's health. It was just so my wife for our second child literally had to give herself abdominal shots of blood thinner every day because she turns out she had this clotting disorder and she got a blood clot in her jugular vein uh, during her first pregnancy. And it was that was an ordeal. Um, so we we couldn't. And then with her lungs and now lung cancer and stuff, just just couldn't. But. I have always been, and my son to a degree is, and I guess I guess my daughter gets it from my wife. Um, and it, it just my my oldest wants to have a plan. It's like so. My wife, we're going on vacation next week. I'm not going to be here next week. Uh, we go every year for spring break to Hilton Head, uh, where when I was in law school, that's where I would go. It became my happy place. Had a buddy of mine. Um, who he'd actually been in a bad plane crash, got a big settlement from U.S. Air, and bought several houses in Hilton, had to rent, and had one for himself. And I'd go down there in law school, and it just kind of became my place to go unplug. It was wonderful. And for years now, uh, in years that I could afford it, which is it's been the last few years, I'll get a house on a beach, and we'll go down there. And at night, my favorite thing to do is I sit in a hot tub, so, I, so there's a company in, in Atlanta called the Georgia Spa Company. They specialize in selling hot tubs. They do big green eggs and, and stuff like that, but they sell hot tubs. And I'm I'm getting one from my backyard because I've realized the thing I love to do the most in Hilton Head is at night when the stars are out, it's going to be cold. We're going on spring break earlier than we normally do. Uh, I don't know why the school did it, but they did. And it's going to be in like the 50s and the daytime the first couple of days we're there and the 30s and 40s. And then it heats up after a day of rain. It'll heat up. But sit in the hot tub and watch the stars. And when the air is cold, you can see the stars and they're always shooting stars. There are satellites. It's just I find the whole thing glorious. Have a cigar and a glass of bourbon, sit in the hot tub till 1 o'clock in the morning, sweat and look like a prune and go to bed. It's just it's glorious. I've always kind of done that. I love doing that. But I've also kind of been like, yeah, just go with the flow. My wife will start her packing list like six months before we go on vacation. Wherever we're going, we're, we're, we're going to go to Sedona, Arizona this summer and see the Grand Canyon. And I, I, I promise you there's a packing list somewhere in my house. So I guess my daughter gets it very honest. She's very type A and uh, this is what I'm going to do for my living. This is how much money I'm going to make by the time I'm 25. This is what I'm going to make by 30. This is where I'm going to go to college. This is what my degree is going to be. I need to take these classes. I got to do this. I should do this this summer. By the way, if any of you in the uh, like middle Georgia or Atlanta area need a kid this summer to do like an engineering intern, she'd really like to get some job experience. 
experience working for an engineering company just to see what it's like. I mean, she she can come like like work a file cabinet for you, but she wants some experience with an engineering company just so she can see. She's a great artist. If you need wall art done, she can paint your mural, but she wants to be an engineer. But I'm just like, I'm go with the flow. I just, you know, I did not intend to be a radio show host. Literally had a dude not gotten arrested in a crack house who was the talk radio show host. I would still just be on CNN and Fox and running a website. I had been a lawyer and and, uh, one of the law partners came in and told me I hated it. I should go do politics. And had he not pushed me out the door, I would have. And then I got out the door. It's like, I think I want to come back. I think I want to be a lawyer again. Yes, I hated it, but not like this. This is deeply uncomfortable. And it was good to get out of that. And I just, I, I'm trying to go through the, I got to schedule college tours and I need to take my kid. And, and, you know, my dad and I, this is how I discovered Rush Limbaugh, actually. We were driving on, on our college tour. I was going to go see uh, Old Dominion, uh, William and Mary, William and Lee, or uh, Washington and Lee. Uh, George Washington and Georgetown and Duke. I had a scholarship offer at Duke. I really wanted to go to Washington. My mother insisted I go see the small school in Georgia called Mercer University because it was Baptist. And I use air quotes every time I say it was Baptist because it was not Baptist in name only. Uh, Bino, Baptist in name only. But we went there, and so we were in rural Alabama or somewhere around Tuskegee, Alabama. My dad was looking for Paul Harvey on the radio. If you remember Paul Harvey, hello, America. Uh, And we stumbled across some dude with this incredible voice. He called himself Rush Limbaugh. Turned out to be his real name. Didn't believe it at the time. And I'll never forget, actually, one time thinking, I would love to fill in. This is amazing. I'd love to fill in for this guy. I don't want to do radio. Lord knows I don't want to do radio, but I would love to fill in for that guy one day. I bet it would be fun. And started listening to him. And it was just cool to suddenly, over time, actually become an actual friend of his. And, um, But I just, I, I mean, I fell into everything I've done in life. I've fallen into my, even my job in my law firm, I've kind of fell into, whether you say providentially, luckily, accident-wise, you name it. I just, I never had a plan. I was in a law firm and one of the partners in my law firm was like, you need a one-year plan, a three-year plan, a five-year plan, a 10-year plan. You need to have what's your career going to look like at the end of this year? What are you going to do at the end of three years? At the end of five years, what do your law firm look like? What are your aspirations for 10 years? I was like, I have no idea. I don't. I know I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. There's this thing called a client, and they suck. They've all got problems. I mean, all of these people, they'd come in and it's like, I want to sue somebody. Why? Well, because he put his fence on my property. Did you tell him it was on his property? No, I want to sue him. I mean, there are legitimate reasons to go to a lawyer and to file suit, but oftentimes I found people just get mad and they want to file a lawsuit and they never think, hey, maybe we can like talk this out. That's why they make you go to mediation now. Nonetheless, I just, uh, this whole the stress of college for so many kids these days. Don't get me wrong. There are a lot of people who don't need to go to college. I've got a buddy who is an electrician who is making a killing as an electrician. He makes six figures, never been to college, worked as an apprentice as an electrician, and does a remarkable job. He is so in demand He's trustworthy, he's got great character, an incredible work ethic, 
and he knows everything about electricity. It is just insane. Dude's never been to college. Got a job when he was in high school. Did not even go to trade school. He learned from a master electrician and is remarkably good at this stuff and makes a great living, takes care of his family. His wife does not work. He makes enough money. They don't stress about it. They manage their money way better than I manage my money. Didn't have to go to college. My son wants to be an architect. He's 14. He builds incredible things in Minecraft, and he wants to be an architect. And... I'm like, well, okay, yeah, I guess you gotta you need to boost your math scores. You gotta go to you gotta go to college. My daughter wanted to be a rocket engineer, like specific aerospace, and now she's thinking, I want to be mechanical because I can still do rockets but diversify. And I just like I didn't know what I wanted to be until like I became it. I, it just it's it's just this different world and the stresses of kids. And the, you know the thing that I really hate about college, the or actually about high school these days, is the tracks. You got to get into this tract, and if you don't stay in this tract, well, you're going to be a bum on the side of the road. If you want to go to college, you got to do this. If you, if you want to go to trade school, you got to do this. If you just want to be a dropout, you got to do this. Why? Why? why the, the, the pressure is extraordinary for someone who's 11, 12, 13 years old to figure out what they want to do with life. I didn't know what I want to do with life until last week, and now we're like, hey, eight-year-old, what do you want to do for the rest of your life? I don't know. Play Legos? Oh, so you want to be a builder? Well, you can go to trade school. (laughs) Why are we doing this to kids? And then the common core crap, too, when you get into school and and you're not allowed to like – so we left a school for a lot of reasons. We went to our our current school. It's, it's, It's covenantal, which those of you who are Christians, you know what that means. Like not every This school is not for everyone. They don't let anybody in. You actually have to be interviewed before they let you in. Everybody's got to share the same worldview, have kind of a faith background, uh, have kind of a a same worldview so that your kids can be raised in this environment. Some of you are like, well, that's not very missional. Well, you know, even missionaries have to go to missionary school and learn how to be a missionary before they go out into the world. I don't want my kids corrupted by the culture before they figure out how to navigate the culture with their worldview. And the school we got and moved them from was actually our church's school, but they did common core math, and it drove us insane. My wife could not – who is very good at math. I'm not. That's why I went to law school. She started out in engineering and got a degree in computer programming, and she couldn't help our kids with math. My father-in-law is an engineer's engineer from Georgia Tech. This man would make – it makes Georgia Tech proud. And he was beside himself trying to help my kid with math. And it finally dawned on me the chief problem with Common Core is that it takes parents out of the education of their children. It forces parents out. They call it grandma math. Like traditional math is called grandma math to try to make it a pejorative to the kids. And then the parents can't help them. you got to rely on the teachers. And the teachers don't particularly like it either. When you can't help your kid with homework, that's a fundamental problem. And they you put you in Common Core math and then want to put you in some sort of education tract. And once you've gotten too far in, I'm sorry, you've decided life sucks now, but you're stuck with this for the rest of your life. You're going to be a good little worker bee for the Fortune 500, whether you like it or not. It just kills the entrepreneurial spirit of kids. We've screwed up our education system in this country so much. We've become so focused on high achievement and then forced that high achievement into employment for others. 
we've sucked out the creativity, the entrepreneurship, the ability of a kid, unless you, we've prioritized just going, getting an apprenticeship or going to trade school and learning a useful job skill. If you're a plumber, you're an electrician, you're going to have a job for the rest of your life. Everyone's always going to need plumbing. Everyone's always going to need an electrician. I wish, I've got friends of mine, like Charlie. Charlie, turn the radio off because I'm about to say something nice about you. Don't want you to hear it. Charlie, who is my producer, he worked for a long time in construction. Dude can just build stuff. He built himself a smoker in his backyard and, like, smoked sausages. I would kill for something like that. He and I have a friend, uh, Drew. Um, Drew's dad, Jim Ryan, was the famous Olympian track, and, and Drew was a runner for a long time. He and his brother Ned were both runners. And Drew is this craftsman. He has built himself a sauna, like legit built himself a sauna. How do you even do it? I have no idea. You know how I build a sauna? I like Google who can build a sauna, and I go hire that person. I don't have those useful skills. And for so long, we kind of stigmatized kids in school. Oh, you're not going to college? Well, good luck, bum. Why are we putting our pressure on our kids like that? Can we just allow our kids to get a good, diversified education and go to college and figure out what they want? I love my child, and I keep trying to tell her, don't pigeonhole yourself. Don't, don't trap yourself into this bubble of of this must happen for me to have success. Do not define your success in life by the job you have. Life is so much more than that. Life is so much more than politics. Life is so much more than your job. And I say that as someone who's kind of a workaholic, I love work. It actually is good for me to have an office now because at three o'clock I have the lights with my home kit on my iPhone. They're programmed. Everything turns off at three o'clock. And that's my signal. Your job is over. Go home to your wife and kids. I just this, I understand why my daughter wants to have this career path and wants to get this stuff done. And I'm I, what triggered this is I'm reading about in our state, we have this thing called the Hope Scholarship and, and whether they're going to fully fund it for kids or do you have to be at the top of your class to get it fully funded and stuff. And the amount of pressure on kids and the costs of college and the stigmatization that society placed on kids who don't go to college when they can get really good jobs without, we've just totally screwed up our future, haven't we, when it comes to educating our kids and how they get into the workforce. And we've really got to rethink that as a society. Kids, if you're listening, you don't have to go to college. Learn a valuable, useful skill, and you'll be able to take care of yourself and your family. I promise you'll be able to take care of yourself and your family. You work hard, have a great work ethic. And you'll go well in life whether you have a diploma from a college or not. So my kid has a queen-size bed. We've got a king-size bed. We got him bull and branch sheets, and he's used them. He had, like, kid sheets, and now he's old enough. He doesn't want the, the action figure sheets anymore. Well, we got lost because, I mean, the sheets look like our sheets, except they're queen-size sheets, and they got put in our closet. And the kid was in despair. We got him Bolin Branch sheets. They've gotten softer and softer. And he's like, where are my real sheets? He refused to sleep until we found the real sheets because they're that soft. They're that good. They're made with a 100% organic cotton thread. They get softer in every wash. You can stay cozy all winter long with a set of Bolin Branch sheets. They really are that good. We have them on multiple beds in our house. 
my goodness, my seriously, my kid, uh, he's finally like my sheets are for kids. I'm I'm grown up now, and uh, it's just a a step of quality above what he had. And now he's like can't sleep without these sheets. They're designed to feel incredible for all sleepers. They're made without toxins. They're free of pesticides, formaldehyde, other chemicals. They fit the deepest mattress too, which I love because we have a very thick mattress on our bed and it fits. It doesn't like bunch up and then snap off in the middle of the night when you roll over. You can get 15% off your forced order Bowl and Branch sheets when you use promo code Eric at bowlandbranch.com. Exclusions apply. See site for details. That's Bowl and Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com. The promo code is Eric, E-R-I-C-K. Hello there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. If you're anywhere in the state of Georgia, if you text the word ENGAGE, E-N-G-A-G-E, text the word ENGAGE, to 33777. You'll get a link back. Click it, and I will contact, get you connected by email, and if you have Twitter, by tweet, to Brian Kemp, the governor of the state, and your state representative, urging them to support SB 233. It's in the House of Representatives in Georgia right now. It is the school choice legislation. Text ENGAGE to 33777. Interestingly enough, I am hearing from members of the House of Representatives in Georgia that it is the um, the rural Republicans who are the most opposed to the legislation. In fact, a number of black Democrats in the state House and state Senate are supporting the legislation. It's rural white Republicans who are scared of what could happen to their local public schools uh, who are the obstacles. And uh, if the governor would publicly get involved, he could probably persuade them to support it. And I hope that he does, and I hope that they do. Um, it would be a great piece of legislation uh, to support. Greetings. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. At the top of the next hour, Senator Tim Scott from South Carolina is going to be joining me. Uh, given his time on the banking committee, he will be a great resource. There's a developing story about Credit Suisse uh, and its ability to sustain itself. Uh, the Treasury Department doing risk assessments to see just how bad it might be. We will get into that, and I will talk to the senator about that. I also want to talk to him about a lot of banks out there that are opposed to gun manufacturers doing business with them. There's an increasing movement out there of um, left-wing activists harassing the banking sector, trying to get the banking sector to stop doing business with gun retailers. And whether it's manufacturers or retailers, I know, for example, there's a, a place near me called the Governor's Gun Club. There's a huge, it's got the largest indoor skeet shooting facility uh, in the Western Hemisphere. It is just north of me. And it had its bank account shut down by the bank because they didn't want to do business with gun companies anymore. It's it's kind of absurd. And, of course, the Biden administration is uh, out once again calling for controls and regulations on guns. Pass universal background checks. Eliminate gun manufacturers' immunity from liability. And I'm determined once again to ban assault weapons and high-capacity magazines. 
ban it all, do more expanded background checks. You know, the data continues to show American support uh, expanded legislation on guns and gun regulations until you ask them individually. About the only thing Americans generally majority support is expanded background checks. But regulations on whatever someone wants to call an assault weapon and stuff still tend not to be when you probe Americans all that well people don't really like it now I I gotta spend a moment here because the Biden administration is burning bridges with environmentalists Uh, they have approved a plan in Alaska for ConocoPhillips my dad when I was a kid worked for Conoco uh, Conoco was then part of DuPont, and it, it got spun off and then merged with Phillips Petroleum to be Phillips. They have a big plot of land, big plot of land in northern Alaska. And the Trump administration approved them drilling there. The Biden administration really has no choice but to allow them to do it or they could get in a lawsuit. But CNN has that guy Bill Weir. Bill Weir is not really a journalist so much as an environmental activist. He's the guy who uh, essentially wrote a piece on how he and his wife uh, hooked up in a lighthouse. She got pregnant. They had a son, and he uh, regrets bringing his son into a dying world or some such. It was some lament to his son about how uh, his genera- his, the dad's generation has destroyed the planet or some such. The guy's an activist. He's not really a reporter. He's just doom and gloom about the state of the world. But he's on scene, and it's useful to hear him talk. When you call something a nature preserve, it's easier to protect than a petroleum reserve. So yes. the Biden administration really said they didn't have any other choice. These leases are contracts. ConocoPhillips could sue them for the lost revenue in the tunes of multi-billions of dollars. And so what they tried to do is protect the area around it. it announced at the same time they pretty much wall off the rest of the Arctic to offshore drilling as, as well. But... Joe Biden in New Hampshire three years ago said, I will not drill on federal lands, period, 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 period. And so for all the climate-minded, environmental voters uh, who were animated by that, this Mm -hmm. is devastating. This is a huge setback because it's not just about caribou and the bird life and and the polar bears up there. At this point, it's about adding more to the carbon blanket in the sky that Mm -hmm. is changing predictable weather and everything we know about life. One more from this guy. What's interesting is we're at a transition point where fossil fuels are definitely the villains and everybody wants to get onto electric vehicles. Well, that means a lot of folks are going to want to mine the bottom of the ocean for these minerals. Nothing. Mm. There are no free lunches when it comes to energy. (laughs) He really wants us all to live in a city. And and, and this is this is the ultimate uh, dream for the environmentalists is for all of us to live in a city and have to use public transportation. But just think about the stories I talked about in the last hour. Atlanta, Georgia is canceling a mass transit expansion because of the environmentalists and the costs. California is possibly going to cancel its high-speed rail because of the environmentalists and the costs. New York has canceled an expansion of its transit system to the airport because of environmentalists and costs. They don't want us to travel. They really want us to go back to the dark ages. This is one of the funny things about the environmentalist movement. When you listen to them, ultimately, they're just delightful people. I mean, doom and gloom and despair at all times. If you travel too far, 
if you buy your food from too far, it's 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 going to destroy the planet. And this this is such okay. I don't really buy into the white privilege stuff. I I I get what people are trying to say, and I do understand it. It it is a fact, and I know this makes some conservatives mad when I point it out, but it really is true that you are more likely between a black man and a white man driving the exact same car at the exact same speed, the black man is more likely to be pulled over by the police than the white man. It's just true. I have a buddy of mine who lives in Texas who's got a beat-up old pickup truck. He's got a sticker in the back window of his truck of Our Lady Guadalupe. He gets pulled over by the Texas State Patrol, and he is... As white as me and looks Irish, redhead, red beard, does not look Mexican at all. And they do a double take every time they pull him over. I mean, his last name is is uh, an Hispanic last name. And they pull him over like, who are you, leprechaun? <laughs> it's just, it's it's true. Just, just bear, hear me out on that. I understand what people talk about when they say white privilege, but the way they, they talk about it and apply it, I don't really get it. I, I don't embrace it. I, I don't accept it. But it really is the height of white privilege to think that we can all pack ourselves into cities, take public transportation, shop at the local bodega down the block, and and live a normal life, and screw you farmers who are out there growing the food force. These people do not live in the real world. So Bill Weir says everybody wants to move to electric. I do not want to move to electric. It's run on fossil fuels, and I don't want to move to electric. I mean, until we completely scrap coal-fired plants and go to solar, and then half the time it's not going to charge because it's going to be raining outside, and I'm not going to have power for my car anyway. The, the, the solutions of the global warming environmentalist crowd are really not practical. We just came through a global pandemic where the worst place on the planet to be was a city subway system, and that's where they want us all to be. That's nonsensical. It's crazy talk. But it's what they want. And then they don't want to practice it themselves. Have Leonardo DiCaprio lecturing the world on global warming, flying private, flying his girls all over the world, private. Doesn't really mean it. Glenn Reynolds is a professor in Tennessee. He runs the website Instapundit, and he coined a phrase that has kind of been embraced by others, but I really do think Glenn was the very first person to come up with the phrase, and it is, I'll believe the environmentalists when they start acting like they believe them. I'll believe them when they act like they're they believe themselves. And it's such a good good line. Because all those crazy environmentalists, the billionaire ones, they're the ones with the massive beach houses in Miami. They're the ones flying private. They want you and me to behave in a way that they themselves don't want to behave. They really don't want to practice what they preach. They want the rest of us to do it. And then you got Bill Weir on CNN saying, oh, well, everybody wants to go to battery, but batteries, we're going to be digging. We're going to be polluting the oceans. We're going to destroy the oceans to get those metals. There's no free lunch here. Somebody's going to die. Is it going to be the Africans or the white people in the West when their homes are flooded? He would much rather uh, have the, the, the child laborers digging the lithium out of African mines 
than have a bunch of white dudes in the Gulf of Mexico pumping oil out of the ocean. It's fossil fuels, you know, they're the villain. We're still going to have fossil fuels. I'm willing to bet you in 10 years we're still going to have fossil fuels. We're still going to be pulling oil out of the ocean. Joe Biden can block it. Joe Biden can say not the Arctic. But you know who's going to get the oil in the Arctic if we don't? Vladimir Putin. Vladimir Putin is expanding oil drilling in the Arctic, and he's expansive in his claims of what is his territory in the Arctic. And guess what? The Biden administration does not have any ice-breaking naval vessels. We have no icebreakers for the Arctic as a nation to stand up to the Russians, and he doesn't want to stand up to them anyway. He wants the Arctic to freeze over so we can't get the oil, and they keep saying, well, the Arctic is not going to have ice in the next 10 years. They keep telling me that. I was on a radio interview probably five years ago with Ron Reagan, the son of Ronald Reagan, and he was very, very upset that the Arctic had no ice. It actually did, just not as much as it should and now apparently they're at, they've had like record ice in the last year or so, the whole thing frozen over. And they keep telling me the Arctic is going to be ice-free by 2020, and we're in 2023, and it's still got ice. But yet, they don't want you to know it. They don't want you to drill the oil, and they'd prefer you to live in a major urban area with a subway system where they can't expand it because the environmentalists won't let them. That's not utopia. That's hell on earth. Let's go to the phones. John, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the show, John. How are you? Hey, Eric. Doing well, doing well. Hope your family's doing well as well. Thank you. They are. Good deal. Uh, just wanted to take up the uh, chorus on the uh, hypocritic uh, uh, Democrats that we've got out there. I was at a gun show a couple of weekends ago. Guy walking around big and proud with a Biden t-shirt on, buying up all kinds of guns. So I had to slide up next to him and Tell him that, uh, hey, the guy you voted for uh, ain't for all of this. You need to uh, put that back and go outside for pen. <laughs> and uh, he didn't hear it. He was uh, telling me to, you know, blank me, blank you, blank you Trumpers and stuff like that. And I said, uh, you know, it's a shame you don't live out in California, big guy. And uh, he was, uh, oh, he's down here from New York. And I said, oh, I said, do you like you, uh, like the, uh, uh, lax uh, gun laws down here that you can come down here and buy ammunition. You're not uh, buying for your criminal partners up in New York, and I really thought he was going to lock and load on me then, but uh, it's just a challenge. It's just a challenge. I mean, Obama spent $15 million on a uh, beachfront property talking about the end of the earth in 10 years, and, uh, you know, if the beachfront property floods, where's he going to live? Yeah, it, it, yeah, Martha's Vineyard, what's going to happen? Yeah, it, it, the... the, the Okay, first of all, I do find it very deeply funny that this guy is proudly wearing his Biden shirt while going to buy guns and ammo. Uh, God bless him for that. Um, Meanwhile, today his guy is giving a speech on how he wants to regulate guns and all that. That, That's just – you know what? I do know – I know Biden voters who are actually Second Amendment advocates. They just really didn't like Donald Trump. That's kind of one of the problems that we're dealing with. but that's kind of that's kind of well gutsy to go to the gun show wearing your wearing your Biden paraphernalia and buying guns and ammo. I like to buy guns and ammo too, but I didn't vote for the guy. In any event, eight seven seven nine seven three seven four two five. Let me tell you about a company that does support the Second Amendment and your gun rights. That's Patriot Mobile, and all you have to do is take your cell phone service to them by going to patriotmobile.com/eric. Patriotmobile.com/eric, and you're like Ericsson, What is this? Okay, let, let me just give you the background here. 
the left set up a company a number of years ago. It's called an MVNO, Mobile Virtual Network Operator. It means they use the same cell phone towers that the major carriers built. Congress allows others to use the same cell towers. So if you take your uh, business to Patriot Mobile, you're probably still using the same cell towers that you're currently using. But this left-wing MVNO said, you know what, we're going to take a portion of our profits and we're going to give it to left-wing causes. It's actually a good idea. And the company's been highly successful at funding left-wing causes. Well, my buddy Chris Wilson, who runs uh, WPA Intelligence, a great polling firm out there, he actually thought, you know, if the left is doing this, we on the right can do this as well. And he, he came up with the idea of Patriot Mobile. So if you take your cell phone service to Patriot Mobile by going to patriotmobile.com slash Eric, not only can you take your existing cell phone to them, they're a real legit cell phone company. You can take your existing cell phone number to them, drop your current carrier, use them. You're probably on the same cell towers anyway. You get guaranteed great service. And then they take a portion of their profits and grow the conservative movement. The Second Amendment movement, they they fund it. The pro-life movement, they fund it. Conservative parents battling the wokes on school boards, they've gotten them elected. Like 100% of the parents they help fund for office won against wokes. That's what they do. The more business they take, the more profits they have, the more profits they have, the more they fund the conservative movement. All you have to do is go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric. You can also call them 972-PATRIOT. Tell them I sent you. You get free activation, 972-PATRIOT or patriotmobile.com slash Eric. And you're doing business with a company that shares your values and then commits its profits to the causes you care about. It's a great way to amplify your giving to the conservative movement. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The full number, 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, you are more than welcome to call in. Uh, When we come back, Senator Tim Scott of South Carolina is going to join me. We have a Stacey Abrams sighting, according to Fox News. Failed Georgia gubernatorial candidate Stacey Abrams has announced she'll be joining an environmental advocacy dark money group that is pushing to ban natural gas-powered stoves. Of course, Rewiring America, the nonprofit group Abrams will join as senior counsel, is a self-described, quote, leading electrification nonprofit focused on electrifying our homes, businesses, and communities. Through her role, Abrams will launch and scale a national awareness campaign and a network of large and small communities working to help America go electric. She will also guide the organization as it builds the tools and capacity to connect Americans and their communities to machines, installers, Inflation Reduction Act incentives and jobs in the clean energy transition. Yes. Um, The organization wants to ban your gas stoves. By the way, you should know the Biden administration is proceeding with plans to ban gas stoves. You you know, they said they weren't. They said it wasn't true. They said it was the conservatives are dragging gas stoves into the culture war. Not turns out they actually want to ban gas stoves. They actually want to ban gas stoves. 
and they're proceeding with their plans and they're proceeding with their regulations to make it happen. And now there's this outside group, Rewiring America, that has hired Stacey Abrams to prepare the game plan to make it happen. Un- well, it actually is believable. You, you knew it was going to happen. This hour of the program is brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. A lot of banks are telling mid-sized and small businesses that want to grow no right now because of interest rates and, well, the shock to the banking system. First Liberty's building loan, they've been doing this since the 90s. The Frost family wants to help your business grow. If you need access to capital, you're buying a building or you're building a building or you're buying a franchise, expanding a franchise, buying out your business partner, buying out the competitor, growing. Reach out to First Liberty, firstlibertyga.com, firstlibertyga.com. Tell them I sent you. Just spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're fit for their program. See if they're a good fit for you. $750,000 deals and more, firstlibertyga.com. When we come back, the fantastic senator from the state of South Carolina, Tim Scott, he's going to join me by phone to talk about the banking sector meltdown. He's on that committee in the Senate and has the inside scoop. 